Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me as always is my fantastic co-host, Waylon Davis. Hey, everybody. And we are so just over the moon about our special guest today. We have none other than Wildcat Chris Harris. How are you, sir? Doing great. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, believe me, the pleasure's on this side. You know, yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. So, yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. So, how have you been? I'm doing great, man. Uh, just doing the thing, you know, just rock and rolling and wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know you've been a busy man lately because, I mean, I, um, we we're talking before we started recording. I mean, I, I've actually seen you at quite a few of the NWF, NWF events. Uh, it's just, I haven't wanted to, um, I didn't want to interrupt you while you were working. If that makes any sense. Okay. Yep. You know, so, yep. So I appreciate, you know, yeah, you don't want somebody, you know, Hey, what, you know, you're trying to focus on somebody's <laughs> wrestling and all of a sudden somebody, Hey, Hey, hey how you doing? Huh? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> don't want to throw anybody's focus off. So uh, in case anybody, you know, wondered, uh, Chris Harris, he is right now, uh, I would say you're, you're kind of an executive now at the Northern wrestling federation, more or less, aren't you? A little bit, yeah. I don't know yeah. if we have an official term, but I'm definitely a representative of the NWF. Oh, yeah. I mean, last couple of minutes, I mean, you've been suited up, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's he's laying the law down. I like that. We need and, some kind of authority figure around here. We do. <laughs> I mean, because you got some crazies in there. Adam Swayze, yeah. somebody needs to take care of him. Oh, yeah. I had, uh, <laughs> I had to keep knock him a notch down, but uh, then he came right back and uh, got himself the, the – the title so um so i guess he thinks he's calling the shots now yeah maybe <laughs> but uh but you actually started out your career in the in the uh in the nwf or, or at least you were trained by roger correct well i started my training elsewhere but um within a year i was with the nwf yeah it was real early on like i started with nwf back in 95 wow okay yes because i uh because i saw your like your birth date because you're a Christmas baby. That's all. Yeah. Um, now you were born in Washington. That's right. How'd you end up in Kentucky? <laughs> my dad, I, well, this is where I'm from, but uh, my, my father was uh, stationed in the Navy base out there. Oh, Yakima. Uh, no, uh, it was in Bremerton. Uh, Bremerton. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, so you're Navy brat. Yep. Less. All right. Navy brat. Yeah. And so Fort Wright is where you claim? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, so how did you find out about uh, like a wrestling school before Bone Crushers? Because, I mean, it would kind of make sense to know about Bone Crushers first, but but you said you were elsewhere? Yeah, I really didn't know anything about Bone Crushers. I, um, I just did some research at some, uh, excuse me, well, well-established schools and, uh, and I got hooked into, um, um, there was one a while back that was really, um, um, it was probably one of the more famous ones. It's called the Monster Factory. Okay. Larry and, Sharp. Um, yeah. Larry Sharp was uh, one of the head guys there. And they kind of split into three branches. Uh, Larry took care of one. Another one was run by Charlie Fulton. And, uh, and so I went to a school from him uh, up in, uh, uh, Marion, Ohio. Um, so it was a few hours away, uh, but I knew it was very credible. So, um, and, and that's what I wanted. That's where I was looking to go. Um, so I, I searched that out, uh, went up there, got some information, saved up for about a year, and uh, and I was back up there. So I was one of those guys, you know, a lot of these guys drive 10 minutes from their house for training. Uh, I was driving three and a half hours every oh, wow. week um, up there getting getting the hell beat out of me for about three hours and then driving three hours back and then back up for, for regular work the next day. So it was quite a commitment, um, but it was something I believed in and um, I was willing to go to all costs to, to make it. Uh, so who were some of your influences and favorite wrestlers when you were growing up? <laughs> well, as a fan growing up, I was, I was the guy that loved uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Uh, he was just the he was the big superhero to me. Um, when you when you look at these guys, you know, as, as someone else. But as I the more I got into the business, um, I started really studying guys like Bret Hart, um, just because I appreciated more on the the actual work of it. 
And um, so I, I took a lot of I took a lot of my my moves from from Savage, from Brett, um, amongst others as well. So, um, but yeah, I was I was a big fan growing up. So a lot of those those guys, you know, they were just uh, they were larger than life, man. I mean, it was just it was such a big deal to to see these guys. Wow. Um, and <clears throat> if all the research I was showing said you actually were in WCW uh, in two thousand. and so you were you were with them when they closed then yes i was um you know the for all these years you're trying to make it in the business you know it's uh you got the big two you got wwf and you got wcw and um just to make it to one of those big two i mean that was that was the dream and um towards the end of 99 uh beginning of 2000 i uh, started having connections with them and they started bringing us in. They were doing a, a majority of our roles were security roles, uh, but we were also getting uh, some some matches as well on their uh, WCW Saturday Night program. And then they had Sunday. Their Sunday program was uh, worldwide, and so we were getting our matches and getting some experience doing that. And I think under normal circumstances, it would have been a good foot in the door to try to establish yourself in there but um yeah the year 2000 i mean that was the last year they were in business so i'm sure there was a lot of turmoil in the back um i didn't see a lot of it but um yeah it was just um you know we hear stories about how much of a mess it was Mm -hmm. and so it was just going downhill from there and um you know then come 2001 just something you would never expect you know the the, one of the big two go out of business so just uh, i couldn't believe it yeah, I was in shock too when that happened. Uh, how about you, Dwell? Oh yeah, I figured. Uh, I always figured Eric Bischoff would figure out a way to buy it, but then once uh, once AOL, you know, when they merged with Turner and pulled the TV deal, then that was kind of it. Because without, t- like Eric Bischoff has always said, without TV, then the company wasn't worth anything. Yeah, you have nothing if you don't. Yeah. I mean, you, you need you TV, especially a Turner broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but what I was also reading, you're one of the original TNA members. Yeah, it was their first day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, and now the comp- that company's been around now for what twenty years. Twenty years. On, yeah, twenty years. Yeah, same. Very yeah. exciting. I'm. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see what they do for the twenty year uh, coming up, and hopefully in June. Uh, will you be able to go to that, or uh, if they have something, I'm invited. I'd love to be there. I, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. I would, I would definitely think you'd be invited because I mean, one of the inaugural members and plus you and James storm, uh, just award-winning title winning. I mean, y'all basically y'all were the tag team division. I mean, for a while there. Yeah. I mean, y'all, you two built pretty much built that tag team division from the ground up. I mean, with the, without y'all, there wouldn't have been, I don't believe there would have been a, stellar tag team division in TNA like it was. Yeah, they put some key emphasis on uh, obviously the big names uh, for the, the I guess, the, the main title. Um, they were really big in uh, presenting the X division, uh, but they needed a strong tag team division as well. And, um, you know, once Storm and I were put together, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to make as much of an impact as we could. So, um, yeah, we went out there night after night and just did everything we could to tear the house down and and get people interested mm-hmm. and caring in tag team matches again. Where did the um, where did the idea for the American most um, America's most wanted concept where did that come from? Well, there was a lot of uh, moving parts at the time. Uh, obviously, they needed some big names to carry the company. Um, they were looking to to establish some homegrown stars. Um, and I guess in the early days, um, Storm and I were both contacted uh, to be part of the first first event, and I um, we were very comfortable that they they knew they wanted to have they wanted us to be part of the company. Um, I just don't think they knew exactly at the time what to do with us uh, because there was just so much going on, and and you're trying to put everybody in the the right places. Um, so I think it was just one of those, um, 
one of those situations where they knew they wanted to do something with us. They didn't know what, so let's put them together and uh, see what happens with that. And, you know, we were both, you know, we had both previously been singles wrestlers, um, you know, in like the Indies and things like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. uh, but when they came up with that idea, we just said, Hey, if this is the opportunity they're going to give us, um, let's just, let's just run with it and be the best tag team we can. Uh, and I'd say I'd, I think it worked out pretty well considering yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the TNA Tag Team of the Year in 2003 and four, and the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Tag Team of the Year for 2004. And for me growing up, because um, I, I started watching wrestling when I was about 10, and Dwayne said, You said you started watching when you were about five. Mm-hmm. Um, so the After Mags, I mean, they were a big part of my life. I mean, I could have told you like every part of the month which one was going to be out, you know, between. You know, like Purpose and Illustrated, the wrestler inside of wrestling, sports review wrestling, and all of them. And so the awards issue was always the one I looked forward to. Um, well, one of the two when they started doing the PWI 500, and I started looking forward to that one. Right. But when you won tag, you know, it said you won tag team of the year for PWI. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's it right there, you know, for me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, a big deal for me too, man. I mean, I was one of those kids that, uh, you know, going to the grocery store, you always want to run to the yeah. magazine. Yeah. Magazine yeah. <laughs> Start looking at what's going on. You know, we didn't have the social media back then. So you try to find out everything you could that's going on. And so, yeah, when I started seeing my name, name and pictures pop up in magazines, that, that meant a lot to me. And then, yeah, to get to, to be awarded tag team of the year. um, That was, that was huge, man. So we, we, we took, that was a a big accomplishment for us. Now, did they just call you and tell you, or, or how did you find out about that? Or did you just happen to read the magazine and went, Oh, okay. Man, just uh, it's been so long. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think we would have got a phone call. Um, uh, it, it may have just been kind of talked about, and they 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 just do their research, and and uh, I think they just probably put it out. So I I wasn't. I don't remember getting any kind of info for it. Um, it probably just happened, and we reacted to it. Oh, did they ever give you the plaque? Yeah, we got the plaque. Oh, yeah, nice. And that same year, you were number 44 on the PWI 500. So it's like, okay, we have a great tag team wrestler and a great singles wrestler. Yeah, that was around the same time. Um, I think there was a period in there where Storm got hurt. And so they started letting me do some singles. So I think that really helped um, elevate me um, that year in the rankings because uh, I, I did a lot of singles um singles matches that year um while storm was on the shelf and um yeah that really really helped out so that was a that was really high ranking for me i mean i you know like i like we were talking about i mean five, the pwi 500 was a big deal some guys mm-hmm. just just want to be mentioned in something like that so um to be ranked number 44 you said yeah, yeah that's yeah. really big deal if i remember right uh didn't you wrestle that year when you were doing singles um didn't you wrestle jeff jared for the title yeah yeah they had uh i mean i was i was with all the top contenders at the time and um they were obviously establishing aj uh but raven was still around mm-hmm. uh, ron killings was was around uh and yeah they i did a whole whole run with jeff there for a while so um that really helped um establish me and um i think the whole the whole story itself was really good because people bought me as a as a legit contender yeah. for Jeff. Yep. And not only that, but you got, uh, you got your own action figure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you says you, so it says you made it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And also um, I had the autographed picture. Now I actually won this uh, from the Jay and Trey podcast. Okay. Um, yep. And because they, they had a trivia question of what year you were in the WWE. And I immediately went on there and I answered it. And then they, they had to, um, you know, with all the other people who answered it correctly, they ended up drawing my name basically out of a hat. And so they, they brought it to me at the, uh, at the rumble down in Covington. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and, and that was the same day that I bought the, I just happened to run into it in the storehouse of plastic. You know, I was telling your wife about that, you know, where I got it. Um, it's the very same day that morning I had nothing that after you know by the time the evening ended i had two things with your autograph it was wildcat day yeah it, it, it really was <laughs> so, 
so where did the name, uh, the nickname Wildcat come from? I think, I think, you, are you a Kentucky fan? You know, it's crazy, you know, being from Kentucky, um, you would think that it, that's, it all revolves around that, but no, I'm, I'm really not much of a basketball fan at all. So uh, it's, it's crazy to think that I just, um, I was coming up with some different names when I first started. And um, one of the names that kind of stuck was wild man. And uh, my first few matches, um, that's what they uh, build me as. And somehow, uh, as I started wrestling in Kentucky and started wrestling for NWF, um, it just kind of kind of snowballed into a Wildcat thing. So maybe, uh, you know, I think maybe it, it transformed into that because of uh, Kentucky Wildcats, maybe. But um, it was never that was never my intention, but it just stuck and um, it kind of fit. So, hey, I, I ran with it and it's been with me ever since. Hey, Dwayne, I think we met one of the few people from Kentucky who actually doesn't really keep up with basketball. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just like um, I'm, I'm one of the few people because I'm from, I'm from Kentucky. I live in uh, West Paducah, and uh, I'm not a UK fan. I am a Tar Heels fan. Okay. And people yep. always look at me. You're from Kentucky and don't like UK? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like Commonwealth laws against that, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, my and, family's big into it. Oh, and and I actually, uh, Dwayne and I, we actually met in high school down in Hopkinsville when I moved there. You know, so yeah, we're we're graduates of uh, Christian County, nineteen ninety one. So I've wrestled in Hopkinsville. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, where at? Like I in, couldn't even tell you, but I just I remember that prob- that, that town. Probably, the probably, uh, pr- probably. I was thinking probably at the Armory. Probably an Armory, or maybe if it's a if there's a big school, uh, maybe maybe it could have been a school. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe the convention center, Dwayland, there at the fairgrounds. Could have been, they, yeah, that's because true. they used to have Lawler's uh, or Lawler Jarrett. They their couple used to come up there occasionally and wrestle. Yeah, Do they have uh, fairs there every year? Western Kentucky mm-hmm. State Fair. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, there there was a building right. If if I'm thinking of it correct, I'm not sure, but there was a building right by the fair. Yep. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. And uh, and we would wrestle there because I remember after that we'd kind of go hang out at the fair afterwards. So. Yep. Yep. That's it. That was but, it. Yep. Yeah. During the summertime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it was blazing hot outside. Oh too. yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, back to other things besides Hoptown. Um, and I say you were also the Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year, and to me that's also kind of a big deal because that's you know uh, Meltzer. You know. That's uh, Meltzer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, getting all all kinds of accolades. I mean, and I I think that. <laughs> I think that speaks volumes. I mean, about yeah. your Billy and, you know, and how, what the fans and your peers think of you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was a, it's a big thrill. I mean, you know, when we talk about the, the magazines and then, um, uh, with, um, who'd you just say? Uh, Meltzer. Meltzer. And, yeah. The wrestling observer. Yeah. I mean, I, that was, that's always been a big deal in the business. So, um, you know, to be credited, uh, for that, um, yeah, I mean, just, a some huge honors um really i know you wrestled um i know amw had a huge feud with um christopher daniels and elix skipper uh y'all had some great tag team matches but that match at turning point 2004 the the cage match where it was like was it tag title versus the team like y'all had to split up if right if you lost i know you took that Alex Skipper, her Rana from the top of the cage. Ooh. How did that, you know, whose idea was that? And how, what was that like taking that move from the top of the cage? Cause I mean, I can only imagine taking it from the top rope, but taking it from the very top of the cage. Yeah. I, I mean, that was all Elix. Um, that was all his idea. And, uh, you know, we were trying to, you know, a lot of people forget um, of our first tag, our first cage match. Uh, during during the um, uh, probably oh three, uh, and then this one was oh four. So we had a we had a pretty incredible cage match with those guys in oh three, and then this was the rematch. Was that uh, during the, the asylum days? Right. Yeah. And uh, that was a such such a great match. And then for this rematch, um, there was a part of us that we, we kind of knew that we weren't going to top it. Um, but we just wanted to go out there and just, you know, some fresh ideas and, and do our best. I mean, I, 
all in all, we wound up topping it because that's what that's the one people remember. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of uh, we were talking about the accolades be before, um, you know, part of the reason we were like that is because of the teams we worked with. I mean, we worked with some amazing teams and uh, and Daniels and, and Skipper, they they were two of the best. Um, but yeah, that day, Elix, you know, had this idea. And, and, and what a lot of people forget is they uh, Elix, this was kind of one of his moves that he did from the top rope a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he would walk the top rope and, and perform a Hurricane Rana um, into the ring. And he had this idea about walking the cage and doing it. And I re can remember, uh, I don't know, a, a two, three times maybe him bringing it up to me. And it was just such a risky move, such a dangerous move that, um, you know, right away I, I was kind of like, no, let's, let's not, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he would ask me again later on and uh, same thing. We just, let's, I don't think we need it. And um, it got to the point where um, he had me thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, you know, I, I was just thinking how, how, the risk factor is definitely there, but yeah. if, if, if we could pull this off, uh, how amazing that would be. And, uh, so yeah, a little bit later in that day, I, I actually, I, I went up to him myself and, um, I said, Elix, I said, can you really do this? Can you really pull this off? And without hesitation, he said, I, yes, I can do it. And I think the confidence that he was showing me, uh, really made a difference to me because, you know, he had, he had, no uh, weariness about it at all. I mean, he was, mm -hmm. he, the, the man was so confident. And when he said that, I was like, okay, let's do it. And that's not something you, there, there's no, no. There's no, there's no dry run on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that's, no that's, practice. Yeah. That, yeah it's uh, it's he like, can... he, he says he can do it. I say, okay, I'll get up there and here we go. And, uh, and people still talk about it today, man. So it's yeah. <laughs> amazing. I, I, I can't count to how many times I've watched that clip. And I watched it earlier today and I was just, I'm still after all this time amazed, not only him being able to do it, but you know, you taking that bump from that, you know, from that high up, it's like, that was just, man, that's yeah, a credit. Elix that's, always gets all the credit for that. No, it's like, <laughs> you know, we, both we, of y'all deserve the credit. how long the way is down. Yeah. Now, but that, how, that was how, amazing. How high was that cage? Uh, I'm gonna say I don't know, maybe close to fifteen, maybe I don't know. I think that's what uh, it was. A, it was definitely a higher one than than most cage yeah. matches are. Yeah, I think Mike today said on commentary it was. I think he said either fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Because so. mm. uh, the the way you can you can judge it is uh, most cage matches. If you're st standing on the top rope, you can you can reach the top of the. You know you can. Yeah. Sometimes you okay. can see see over the top rope or see over the cage. Um, this particular cage that TNA used in the days, I mean, you had to reach to, to get to the top. So um, yeah, they were tall. It was, it was, it was much higher. Man. And all, all I'm thinking, I honestly is like Kurt Angle doing the, the moonsault off the top of a cage. Yeah. Um, did he ever do that there? Do you know of? Or in uh, TNA? In yeah. TNA? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, yeah. And it, even then I'd, Knowing, knowing from experience, I thought to myself, you know, this guy's crazy for coming down. And, you know, especially if you miss it, I mean, it's just, it's, it's uh, such impact on your knees. And yeah. Uh, and he back. usually, he usually missed it. Usually his opponent got out of the way and he's just, <laughs> yeah. he's just hitting flat. And I'm like, oh, that's got to Yeah. Happen. I don't know about that. <laughs> mm. So are cage matches some of your favorite gimmick matches? Actually, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old school. So I, I like the old school gimmick matches. And uh, the cage matches, I, I just loved them. Um, I, I loved working working in them. Um, I just think it, it adds to their creativity. Um, and I, I always loved the story that it built. I mean, because the cage matches was the ultimate. It, it was, uh, you know, the, the ending of a longstanding feud to keep interference from getting in and keeping the guys from getting out. So um, I just all around loved cage matches. They were done so well. Um, they were, they were, um, built up so well. Uh, so it was exciting. So yeah, coming from that, uh, growing up like that, um, I, I loved, uh, having a program in a cage match. Yeah. Cause I remember some of the older, uh, well, 
old, you know, from like the mid-Atlantic days, because that's what I grew up watching for the most part. And they had like the, of course, T.A. and Tully, you know, the oh, I quit yeah. match in the cage and, um, you know, Flair and just about everybody in a cage because Flair won his first, you know, way he won the title from Harley Race in the cage at Starcade. And yeah, so I've always dug a good cage match too. I just, obviously I've never been in one, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I would think that, that if you did have your face rubbed along the, the fence there, it probably wouldn't feel too good. No, it, uh, the, the cage will definitely rip, rip some skin. Uh, so um, one cage match that you had and probably maybe not one of your highlights, but the blindfold cage match with you and Storm. Oh, yeah. How did, oh, how, did, <laughs> how did that come about? Uh, well, like what, what I was just saying, I mean, uh, story-wise, it um, – it, it fit, um, you know, people just look at that, that night and, um, how it, how it turned out. Um, and that's kind of why it's looked down on so much. Um, the match itself really wasn't, uh, it wasn't a bad match considering it was a blindfold match, but, uh, it was just the story. And now, um, this also is on the pay-per-view of lockdown, which every match is like that. So that kind of takes away from the, from the impact of a, of a cage match, but, um, they wanted to put Storm and I in there. The, um, this was after uh, the whole the whole angle with uh, the beer bottle and 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 uh, blind in my eye. And um, so story wise, it really made a lot of sense to to be in a blindfold match. Um, problem is, it's just this this day and time, people just didn't want to see Storm and I in there in a gimmick match. They wanted to see us beat the hell out of each other. And yeah, that's they wanted more of a street fight or something than yeah, which you know we wound up following up with the Texas Death Match, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for that first time, you know, for Storm and I to get our hands on each other first and uh, a blindfold match, the people just weren't having it, and um, and they let us know it. So um, yeah, like I said, it's I don't look at it as a bad match, but it was just maybe badly booked um, to where you know maybe it just wasn't right for the times. I don't know. It was just a learning experience, but, um, but, you know, wrestling one-on-one, that's where, that's where it would take us. Um, you know, you blind one guy, you know, you go into a, a blindfold match, but yeah. Um, people just didn't want to see it at that time. That Texas death match was brutal though. I remember watching that one. That was, I mean, yeah, that we, we, we definitely made up for it in that one. <laughs> I was going to say y'all put everything out there in that one. I think we were trying to, you know, obviously we wanted to, to, give people the 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 payoff that they wanted mm -hmm. uh, but yeah we we had some making up to do as well i mean that's that's what the people wanted and that's what we gave them yeah because i think anytime you have a tag team especially a tag team as hot as what y'all were and then you split them up and put them against each other i mean i think that just kind of adds to the intrigue and makes people really want to watch it yeah when you have uh again back in the back in that time uh you know, the, the reason American most want to work so well is because there wasn't um, a lot of mainstay tag teams at the time. And so with that on, on top of it, it, um, you know, a lot of guys, they, they'd get together, they'd put them together. And then within six months, they've had a title run, they've been split up and feuded and it was just uh, so overdone uh, mm -hmm. with us. We had a good, you know, five years in there as a team, uh, to, to build on that and to where people cared. And uh, we had a baby face run, we had our heel run, you know, that was just, we did everything that they were not seeing in tag teams at the time. So um, when it was, when it come time for us to, you know, for, for us to split up, um, that's what we, we wanted to give them a intense feud to what they wanted to see. They wanted to see us uh, draw blood. Uh, so uh, which do you prefer face or heel? You know, I've been asked that a lot. Um, <laughs> I think uh, for me personally, it was always, uh, I think I was always a better baby face. Um, it just seemed to always go with the flow of um, where I was or my opponent or, or anything like that. But uh, I'll tell you that heel run for America's Most Wanted, I think it was, it was, it was much needed. Um, it gave us a whole new life and we certainly had fun with it. I mean, it's, you, 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 We'll hardly find anyone uh, anyone that steps in the ring to say they don't have more fun being a heel. Um, yeah, I, I may have been a better babyface, but it's definitely more fun to be a heel. 
Wow. So you you and Storm won six tag team titles, right? Right. And then you and Skipper won. We won one. one. Yeah. Yep. And what I was reading, not just in TNA either, you also went down to Puerto Rico and won the WWC tag titles. Yeah. Yeah, we were uh, we made a few trips down to Puerto Rico and uh, uh, Mexico. Um, we were up in Canada. We, yeah, we uh, we were traveling a lot for the for even even during those days of those early days of TNA. Wow. Uh, so, what all countries have you been to besides Mexico uh, and Canada and, and Puerto Rico? Um, really, that's for me. That's it. I know Storm's been a lot more, um, but during those early those days, we weren't doing a lot of overseas. Um, it was just kind of the North America uh, area, um, but I, I know that uh, it was. I think it was right after I left um, that they started doing some overseas tours. So um, it was just on the verge. Yeah. So um, you know, you're talking about tag teams and like really establishing the, and the teams that are together for a while, and then all of a sudden they split up. Um, the Hollywood Blondes. You know, I'm going to go bring up you know the NWF now. Um, when they split, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a great feud because they were such a good team, you mm -hmm. know, when they were together. And they were together for five years, you know, maybe. I, I don't know um, if it's been that long, but it's, it was a long time. It was a while. And then when, um, when I saw them split at uh, the Summer Sizzler and, you know, Rex wouldn't lay down for, for Swayze, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be a great feud, and it has been. Yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot of people's attention, and and it's one of those stories where, um, yeah, while you might think, okay, they'll eventually split up and go their own ways, you know, it's it's how um, how emotional you can get into it and how intense it can be, and uh, with something like that where um, Swayze's trying to get Rex to lay down and he doesn't, I mean, it just it just gets the emotion out of the people where. They want Rex to kick Swayze's ass. So, oh, um, yeah, oh, it, it, was, it was it was very well done, and and um, you know the people just one hundred percent got behind Rex, and he became one of the most popular stars we have. Oh, that I think that may be understated. I mean, that dude every time he walks out, people are just cheering and screaming, and <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a big dude. He is a big guy. Oh, he reminds man. me. He reminds me a lot of uh, Abyss in his early days. Whew. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne. Uh, he's one of those you can't really appreciate until you actually see him in person. Oh, okay, one of those. Yeah, yeah. The big, um, the biggest, biggest person I've ever seen in real life was um, Mabel from WWF. Yeah, and that has the biggest human being I'd ever seen. Like I'm just like I'm six feet tall, and I'm just looking up at him like, okay. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you kind of expect them to be big when you look at them on TV, but seeing yeah. them, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, actually, the biggest person I've ever seen in person uh, wasn't a wrestler. It was actually uh, uh, Sean Bradley. Oh, That's yeah. What, yeah. Um, and that was actually when I was in Afghanistan. Uh, he actually made a visit with some retired NBA players, and I just looked and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like <laughs> seven foot six it's like something like that ridiculous and, and you remember how skinny he was in the, in the nba mm -hmm. he wasn't skinny anymore i mean he was oh like, wow like, yeah i mean he just huge uh oh man um you know so one of the things i've also just from talking to the people at the nwf you know all the, all the wrestlers and i always ask them about their training and things like that and they always mention you um as a mentor, as a top trainer. And they say they always want to, they always want your input on what they're doing. You know, now when you're hearing that, I mean, does that uh, make you feel pretty good just knowing that how you're affecting them in a positive uh, way? Oh, that makes me feel great because at this stage of my career, um, that's what I want to do is try to give back and um, help, help share some of my experience and knowledge uh, with those guys. So um, just as, just as important as the shows are to myself, um, it's the training that's involved as well. So, um, you know, I'll show up at Bone Crushers, try to help these guys out. And um, while they may have other guys that can put them through drills, I like to school them more on the psychology and um, not just how to do something. I'll, I'll, I will definitely help them ex execute uh, any type of maneuver or spot, but um, 
what I really want them to know is not just how to do it, but know when and where to do it. Uh, make it make sense, you know, to when you're putting a match together. Um, I try to help them with promos you know, because that's part of storytelling. Um, you know, just anything. And then I, uh, part of training to me is, you know, getting in, in the gym. I mean, we need to look like professional athletes. And I know, you know, when you first start out, that may not be a top priority at the time. You just want to live out your dream and get in the ring. But if uh, I try to stress these guys, if they have any, any, any thing to pursue, if they're, if they're looking to go anywhere with this, then I can tell them what, what you need to do to get there. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, they, they go out of their way to tell me that and it really makes me feel good. And, and I definitely appreciate that. And, and knowing that I'm making a difference uh, just makes me want to help them even more. I mean, what, whatever I can do for these guys, I will do. Now, are you still, um, are you still wrestling or are you just training now? Uh, no, I haven't wrestled in a while. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys. I never say retire uh, just because this is the wrestling business. Right. So, um, you know, I, I never say I, I'm retired, but um, but no, I just I prefer to stay out of the ring. It just it uh, it really hurts nowadays. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as I got older, it's just uh, you know, it's, I just don't have the desire to do that as much. But um, since since being back with the NWF over the past several years, um, it's there's a lot of fulfillment I get out of just helping these guys. Um, you know, when I see them going on to um, other promotions and other bookings and making a name for themselves and making connections and uh, getting their opportunity, whether it's with Impact or AEW, you know, on, on tryout matches, things like that. I mean, I, I love seeing things like that. And and uh, it, it's like Roger Ruffin has said for, for years. I mean, the, the, the be better they do, um, the, the better it is for the NWF. I mean, to be mm -hmm. able to say that, you know, yeah. hey, these guys came from here um, and to see them shine and go on, be superstars and um, I've always said, I hope they make as much money as they can in this business. It's there. Uh, we just got to reach out and grab it. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to think the ones lately that have been like on AW dark, um, like Nikki victory and, and Lord crew and nasty Russ. And uh, what I think it was T money was also there. Money was with nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those were, um, I, I was, I was glad to see that, you know, I was like, Hey, I know them. I know them. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm really, I really have a lot of high hopes for Lord Crew. I've spent a lot of time with him. We're very close, and uh, I think he's really, he's just on the verge of making, making a breakthrough there. And then, uh, yeah, most recently it was Nick, Nikki Victory. Um, I think she could fit very well into the women's division. Um, she's, you know, gotten some years under her belt with experience. So I hope, I hope uh, something happens for her too. But uh, we got a lot of great superstars that. Um, you know, that they, they just keep working hard. And uh, I mean, you never stop learning. You never stop learning. So you just keep working hard. And uh, and there's there's more opportunities out there now than there has been, uh, not just promotions. But I mean, there, there's a, a lot of the indie promotions um, there are, are bigger than ever nowadays. So, um, you know, if you if you get your name out there and um, you're willing to travel, you know, you can make a you can make some money on the indies. Yeah. Um... I know I usually don't watch like uh, AW Dark just because I watch so much wrestling during the week. It's like I don't really have room for one more show, yeah. except, except when I find out that an NWF wrestler is on there. So then I, I fit it in so I can watch them. I kind of fit in there with you, man. Um, <laughs> I, there's, there's so much going on that I try to keep up with that um, I don't get a chance to watch everything and, mm -hmm. and dark being one of them. But yeah, if I find out that some of our guys are going to be on there or someone I know, um, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I tune in and check it out. And Nikki Victor, I still remember the first time I, that I can recall actually seeing her live was in Mount Orb and she took a spine buster from Ryan Stone. And I was like, oh, holy crap. And I was like, is she crippled? No, she, she managed to get up. It wasn't easy for her. But the fact that she took that, I was like, okay, she's pretty tough. Yeah, I've seen her take that a few times from Ryan. And it, it, it was like Ryan was trying to break her in half. So he wasn't letting up on her. No, I mean, because there's a huge size difference between them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, your spine buster, you know, from just watching, um, I was watching quite a few highlights of your matches, you know, the past few days. And your spine buster is pretty nasty too. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moves. Uh, I love the spine buster. You can you can catch it out of, out of nowhere, and it's very 
very impactful, very devastating. And I, I know. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead, Will. Oh, okay. Um, I know you were, you and Storm were the, the NWA World Tag Team Champions. What was it like holding that particular set of tag team titles? Because, I mean, those were belts that, you know, Tully and Arn had and the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. And, the, you know, with that legacy, what was it like holding that title? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought then. Um, you know, being uh, being uh, NWA related um, and being able to, to hang on to those titles, um, that's, that's exactly why it meant so much because of the, the years I watched of teams you just said uh, coming up. And we, those are the teams we studied uh, when we became a tag team. You know, we were, we were studying, you know, the, the horsemen and the midnights, rock and rolls. Um, uh, yeah, just, I mean, the, the road warriors, uh, you know, amongst other WWE teams, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, those, those guys, uh, I mean, those belts were prestigious to us. So, you know, being able to win them, even just the first time we were like, you know, Hey, our names are going to go down right besides these guys. And, right. and then to become what we became and, and holding them six times and um, you know, being uh, one of the longest reigning uh, tag teams there was, it was just, that's pretty powerful stuff to us, man. I mean, that, that was, that's a big deal. You know, when you go back to the lineage of, you know, it wasn't yeah. just a independent promotion that you, you, you get and, and, they're gone. Uh, I mean, this was the NWA tag team titles, you know, where the, some, some badass teams have, have held. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Actually what I was going to mention was your spine buster looked pretty close to the originator of the spine buster, you know, double a on Anderson uh, because you're both left-handed. So you both spin to your right. You yeah. Know, so that, that's, that's one of the weird things that I've actually told you. Well, I noticed that when I was a lot younger you can almost pick out who's left-handed, who's right-handed, you know, just from the direction they turned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it like that, but, but no, Arn was, Arn was one of the guys I watched uh, for that spine buster. I thought his was executed to perfection. And uh, yeah, now that you say it, yeah, being that we're both left-handed, you know, we would veer to the right. So, um, so I could, I could pinpoint his exact, exactly. Yeah, and I guess he invented the spine buster and the gourd buster, which I think is that's a, mm -hmm. just a that's an ugly move right there. It's like yeah. that's gonna yeah. hurt. I'm surprised nobody's brought that back out because that's you know that's a pretty high impact move. Yeah, you know what? I could see somebody in the NWF doing that move because it, it does need to be brought back, honestly. <laughs> uh, so I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't saying that you need to be the one to take it first. <laughs> um. Oh, I had a question on top of my head. It didn't lost me. Go ahead, Dwell. I'm, I'm pretty sure you have something. Um, yeah, I did till you asked me. Um, <laughs> but um, trying to think, where else have you won? I know you said you won titles in Puerto Rico, of course, in TNA. Uh, is there anywhere else that you've won championships? Oh, there's been many, uh, many indie promotions that that I've won titles. Um, whether it was, um, you know, my singles, you know, winning promotions, top prize, or um, when uh, Storm and I were traveling a lot, you know, we'd go to a lot of different places and um, they would immediately put us in running for their tag team titles. And okay. uh, many times we had a run with that. Um, our most recent, uh, let's see, I want to say this was maybe – 17 or 18 um it actually you know you were asking about it before the 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 place i started training um up in ohio uh we did an event in mansfield ohio as a promotion called the aswa and uh they decided to bring storm in he was he was still pretty active and uh they put us in a tag team title match with with their their champions and storm and i wound up winning, winning that title awesome um, during days where I thought my titles were long past, but, um, yeah, we wound up uh, winning that. So, I mean, it was just as, just as few as, a, you know, a few years ago, um, we were still winning titles. So, um, Ooh. you know, that's, it's, it's always a big deal because, um, while some promotions may not have the TV exposure, 
you know, they still have their loyal fans. So those right. titles still mean something to somebody. So right. um, it, it's still a big deal. And we, we take pride in that. And something else that I've not even mentioned yet, you're an NWF Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's yep, amazing, that's huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I to me, I mean, just seeing, you know, the company you're with there, you know, you're talking like Abyss and you're talking Tiny Tim. I mean, that's some pretty good company right there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, just 2020. Um, they put me in and, uh, you know, that's a huge accomplishment for me, you know, being that, you know, uh, NWF is where I started and I have a long history there. So it was, um, I felt it was very fitting and, um, and a, a great spot to be. And uh, I'm proud to be a hall of famer in there and, uh, as well as all the guys, but, um, yeah, pretty big deal. And I, NWF is in my blood. So, um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and, uh, Dwayne, you have any more questions? Cause I got a couple more, but I want to make sure you get, uh, no, go ahead. I've got, I think I've asked everything I wanted to ask. Okay. Um, next question. And these are actually non-wrestling questions, but, and we don't get to ask everybody this one, but since you're from the Cincinnati area, gold star or skyline skyline. <laughs> well, wow, you know, that's been unanimous so far. Everybody, yeah, it really has. Yeah, I've always been a Skyline guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to tell you, Ella was like, what are you kidding me? Skyline. <laughs> and, and apparently they have it like every Sunday. I was like, oh, so she's a, she's a loyal fan of Skyline. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, you, you definitely, I, when I uh, when I was doing so much traveling, uh, even though I was living here, I did so much traveling. And, uh, you know, you just, you, you, you take for granted the things that are around a lot. But um, so when we would come back from TV or, whatever events we were doing, Abyss and I were, were almost always together. And uh, anytime we came in town, right from the airport, we'd meet a group of guys at Skyline. And that was the, before we even went home, we wound <laughs> up uh, going to Skyline to have lunch, just a little powwow with everybody. But that was, that was our thing, what we did. And so, um, you know, <laughs> it just became part of our schedule. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I got to admit, just not being from here originally, you know, and my wife, of course, they grew up, they like Gold Star better, but then I had Skyline. I'm like, I think I like this one a little <laughs> bit better than than that one. But then they turned me on to Frisch's with the whole tartar sauce thing, which I didn't think yeah. I would like, but I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. But it's got to be Frisch's tartar sauce. Can't that's be right. anything else. So, um, <laughs> now, you know, speaking of being on the road, um, when you're just driving on a road, you know, if you have a long trip, what would be on your music playlist typically? Oh, wow. Um, man, I had, uh, this was before you had your playlist. Um, I, I was just popping in CDs. I, I listened to a lot of Nickelback, um, three doors down. Um, they were big, um, big, uh, you know, big groups that I would listen to. Um, I know for a long time I was a Creed fan. Um, but honestly, what um, a lot of times when I think back to those, you know, not only was it music that got me through a lot of the, the driving, but um, I would listen to a lot of comedy. Um, that would just kind of keep me yeah. going and, and the, it would just make the miles fly by. Uh, so I would have a lot of uh, uh, comedy CDs, a lot of, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but um, there's a guy called Roy D. Mercer. He was a prank yeah. caller. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, man, I would pop those in and I think I drove everybody who rode with me crazy. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of that, man. And I would just, Hey, let's listen to another one. And, and, uh, so, um, yeah, but, um, it, that's actually, that's really important, man. When you're hours, hours on the road, um, you know, you're, you want to try anything just to make that time pass by. So, um, you know, that, that was, a, that was a key thing, man. What would, whatever CDs I had, um, that's what was getting me to the next town. Oh. And uh, as far as the events coming up, I know there's Ludlow this Saturday. Yep. Yep. And unfortunately, I, I try to make all the Ludlow shows because that place is just insane. With Yeah, that's one of, I mean, with, with when they get a chance to perform there, that's that's probably one of the, 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 the guys' favorites. Uh, just the crowd is intense. Um, it's, it's kind of an enclosed area. So, you know, the, you feel like the fans are right there on top of you. you know, they can reach out and grab you. Um, you know, the, everybody just really loves performing there. So that's one of our bigger, um, events. So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Every time we come around, I'm looking forward to that this Saturday. 
Is that the, at the Ludlow Theater? That's right. That's the one that you and Roger were saying there wasn't a bad seat in the house. Yeah, there's really the not. Yeah. And they even have uh, they even have some balcony seats uh, that you can get really good views of the ring. Awesome. Yeah, and there's nowhere for the sound to go, so the energy just stays it's just right, right there. there. I mean, that's it, right. It, yeah, amazing. Um, and unfortunately, I'm gonna have I'm gonna end up missing this one, and I feel like I'm cheating on the NWF. But I'm actually going to the show in Chillicothe, um, the one that's being put on, I think, by Bobby Fulton. And there's actually there's it's a pretty big pretty big event. Actually, Big Mama, she's gonna be there wrestling as well. That's yeah, that's this weekend as well, right? Yeah, yeah, same day. So, okay. uh, like I said, I feel like I'm cheating on the NWF, so I'll say I'm sorry. You are, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've heard they got uh, they got some really good good names there. So uh, hopefully that's uh, that's a big success as well. Yep, so, uh, as far as social media, because I know you're on Facebook and Twitter, uh, anything else? Um, Facebook and uh, well, Instagram. I got AMW. My Instagram, okay. which uh, usually my wife helps me out with because I haven't gotten that far. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, and uh, and then she's got me going on the Instagram now. So that's uh, that's it. All right, cool. So, uh, Dwayland, you have anything else? No, nothing else. It's been an absolute uh, sorry, absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, it's been wonderful. Yeah, it's great chatting with you guys. I'll have to we'll have to make sure we uh, grab each other at the at the events now. Oh, definitely. Uh, because after Ludlow, the next weekend is well. What are you doing the next weekend? Because on the twenty sixth, Covington. Doing, you go, okay. Back yeah, in Covington. Yeah, because that's the one Miranda Gordy's going to be at, right? Well, she was. I think we have some uh, change uh, of plans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know details, but yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think she's going to be there now. I was going to reach out to her and try to get on the podcast beforehand, but I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I still wouldn't mind having her on, but you know, but if I was going to help, definitely if I was going to help promote the show, you know, absolutely have her on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so. uh, yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think she's going to be there now. So, but maybe, uh, maybe a future event. Okay. So you have any, any last words for all the people out there before we say goodbye? No, just, uh, I always uh, send out a big thank you. Um, I mean, I, um, I look back at my career and I'm, I'm, very happy with what I've done. I've had some some great highlights, and uh, so much of it has been uh, because of the fans, you know, and the support over the years. And even even though I don't take a whole lot of bumps anymore, um, I'm still very much involved. This is what I know. Um, Wrestling is what I love, and uh, and big thank thank you to to guys like you, man. I mean, you know, just the fact that you take the time to to do this and bring in. Uh, future superstars, you know, such as the NWF has, and uh, give them time to be able to talk about, um, you know, where they want to go and, um, you know, their vision. So um, thank you to you guys and thank you to all the fans. No, like Dwayne said, thank you, Chris, for coming on. It was definitely a pleasure. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime, man. Oh, absolutely. Yep, until we see each other again. God bless. Sounds great. Thanks, guys.